As I was thinking about 20 years, I mean, I'll be honest with you, we, you know, with COVID and everything else, we kind of didn't even really have it on our radar. Um, but to be honest, I, I was thinking about it this summer that this was uh, 10 years. 10 years is how long it had been since uh, uh, Will had left and uh, the church had called me to be uh, to stay and remain and be the pastor. And, uh, and I just couldn't believe it. I'll be honest with you. Anything that lasted a decade kind of blew my mind. Does that make sense? So, um, I, I just kind of blew my mind. And so I, uh, I reached out to Will before we even planned it. The first thing I did was reach out to Will and I said, Hey, Will, is there any chance you could come up on this date and, uh, and preach and bring us the word and challenge us and, and be a part of something. And his response back was funny because he was like, it's been 20 years. Can you believe it? It was like, we both had the same idea. Like we really can't uh, believe it. Um, but uh, as soon as he was able to say yes, and he knew that this day would work, uh, guys, I just knew it was going to be a special day. I just knew it was going to be a special day. So I'll let him introduce his family, but um, we're so thankful. And I want Journey to give him a huge Journey welcome back. We're so glad you're here to Pastor Will Oswald. should have saved that video for the end. <clears throat> so this brings back a lot of memories for me. Um, just walking up today, it's really interesting. Just to, It's been five years since I've been in this building. And, um, you know, how many of you, if you're sitting in here today, were, were here a part of, but long before this building was here at the, at the movie theater or the high school, just raise your hand if you were around then. Yeah. Do you feel old? Because I feel really old. Um, yeah, those days of being at movies at Birkdale. I remember being there when Journey Church launched for their first service at Movies at the Lake, which is not even there anymore. Is it still Michael Walter Racing or is it something else? Oh, anyway, well, remember being there that day, Donna. Um, I remember that day so, so well. And then I remember when we launched, um, it, it was actually the palace uh, movie theater, which is not, that's elevation now. So yeah, things change. Life changes, doesn't it? It's crazy. Um, yeah, walking up today was really cool and really surreal and really special. It would have been so much better if my friend Brian Early had been with me. Um, he would have celebrated this moment. Like this is, yeah, just wish he could be here with me. Um, my family is here. Um, and so my wife, Susan, um, we've been married for 25 years now. And then my oldest son, Wilson, is here. He just graduated from Wofford College in Spartanburg. So it was really cool that he got to come over here. He's leaving in January to go to Thailand for two years with Campus Outreach. And so he's raising money. And if you have a lot of money you want to give him, he'll take it. He's raising a lot of money. So... Um, so we're excited about that. And then my, my middle son, um, my second, Eli, he is um, in his second year at College of Charleston. He's not with us today. He's doing the college thing. And then my daughter, Greta, is in 11th grade, and my son, Javier, is in 9th grade. And so we're just excited to be with you this morning. So um, <clears throat> my kids are big now, but I remember when they were little, and I was thinking about this when I was preparing for this message, I remember... When they were little, they asked the question that every kid asked. They asked the question, why, 
all the time. All the time. I mean, my, my kids were no different. Uh, let me just say one more thing. Like, it is so cool. One of the coolest things this whole morning has been that my next-door neighbors now go to this church, which is the coolest thing ever. We live, we live next to them for many, many years, and they didn't really want to come to the church until I left. So anyway, I'm just, it's really cool. God is good in strange ways. Um, <clears throat> all right, so, so my kids are big now, but when they were little, they asked the question, why? If you're a parent and your kid asks you why all the time, just, just raise your hand if they say why. When you say things like, you know, um, you can't color on the walls, and they go, but why? And you say things like, well, you have to go to sleep now. Why? You, cat food is not for people. <laughs> Poopy only goes in the potty. Why? Like, today we're going to spend some time answering the question, why? Why are we here? Like, why are Christians' lives supposed to look different when we follow Jesus? Like, what is the why behind what we're doing as a church? So if you hang around the church very long, if you've been a part of a church, if you grew up as a Christian, or if you've been here at Journey for very long, you hear things like, we ought to love our neighbors. We ought to serve one another. We ought to serve the world. You hear Bible stories like the Good Samaritan, like Jesus washing people's feet, giving his lives away, saying the first should be last. And, and, and you see that. You see Christian-based organizations like the Red Cross or Salvation Army or Compassion or Samaritan's Purse or tons of others. Most people in the world know that Christians are supposed to serve and love and give and do good things and their lives are supposed to show good works. But the question is, why? Like, why are we supposed to live that way and do those things? Why are our lives supposed to look like that? I, I believe that Christians, followers of Jesus, ought to be, and it might not always be true, but they should be the most unselfish, compassionate, give their lives away people on the whole planet. And sometimes they're not, but they should be. But the question is why? Next Sunday, this church is going to do serve day where there's projects all over the community are taking a Sunday off of this. Because let's, let's be honest, this is fun gathering together, but this is not the only expression of church. It might not even be the most important expression of church. What we do Monday to Friday where we live, work, and play, that matters so much. Next Sunday, you're going to take a Sunday off to do serve day. We're going to serve people in the community, but why? Why would we do that? So today I'm calling this message, what is our why? Like, why are you here? Why do you want your life to look different? Why do you desire for your life to matter and make a difference? Why do you serve, love, and give? So I'm going to read this verse from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, and it'll be kind of our anchor verse for this morning, and then we're going to jump all over the place looking at some other scripture. But look at this verse, Ephesians 2, verse 10 says this, for we, and this is talking about if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a Christian, it says, for we, us, we are God's workmanship 
created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. It was always God's plan. It was always God's dream for our lives to look different, for our lives to have a striking impact, a surprising effect on our neighbors, our coworkers, our classmates. God created us in Christ Jesus to do good works, different things. Our lives should look different. But why? I mean, do we do good things? Do we live differently? Do we give and serve and love because we want to earn points with God? Is it so that we earn God's approval? Is so that one day he says, well, you scored high enough on my test and now you can get into heaven. I mean, that might be what some people think. When most people are asked, when most people are asked, like, if they believe that they're going to heaven, most people say yes. In fact, did you know that 98% of the people, whether they even believe in God or not, say, yeah, I think I'm going to heaven, which is a really strange percentage to me. It's really an interesting thing. And, and when asked why, 57% of those people say, because I've been a pretty good person. And then I think to myself, we all think we're pretty good people most of the time, but it's only, it's only compared to what? I mean, I mean, I only can evaluate myself as good compared to people who are worse than me. <laughs> but when I stand beside my wife, or when I stand beside Billy Graham, or Mother Teresa, or lots of other people, like, I just don't measure up that well. So what I'm talking about this morning is that our lives... That what I'm not saying is that we, we're supposed to do good because we're good people. Because let me just tell you, we're not good people. That's why we need Jesus. I'm not that good. See, I want to make this statement just so you understand where I'm coming from. Christians are made to do good works, but doing good works does not make you a Christian. It, did you hear me? So just so you get that, listen, this verse we read in Ephesians says that God made us for our lives to do good, and we're going to talk about why. But listen, let me, let me just be really clear. We are made for that. We are made to serve and love and give our lives away, but not so we earn God's approval. Listen, we are made to do good works, but doing good things and good works does not make you a Christian. It doesn't at all. Look at the verse just before Ephesians 2.10. Look at Ephesians 2.8 and 9, and this gives you more clarity to this. It says, God saved you. If you're a follower of Jesus today, just like these two folks that were baptized, if you are a follower of Jesus, God saved you, forgave you, accepted you into his family by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've, you've done. So none of us can boast about it. None of us are all that good. But God is really, really good. If you're a follower of Jesus, you probably know this, but I just want to remind you, you don't do good works. You don't serve. You don't love. You don't give to earn God's grace. You do it because he's already given you his grace. 
So, so the first reason why our lives ought to look different, why you're going to serve next Sunday, and why tomorrow when you go to work or school, you ought to serve and give and love and your life look like Jesus. Why? Because we serve the world. We serve people around us out of gratitude because God has accepted us. Because God said to us, I love you and I forgive you and I save you and now I want to use you. To show other people that. There's another reason followers of Jesus are called to do good things. Look at this verse just a a few chapters later in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians 6 verse 7 says this. That we ought to serve wholeheartedly as if we were serving the Lord, not men. That we ought to live our lives like Jesus, that our lives ought to look like Jesus. We ought to give ourselves away as we serve the world, as we serve our neighbors, as we serve people around us, as if we're serving the Lord, not men. Look look at this. In Matthew 25, Jesus kind of gave us a picture of this. Jesus is telling a story about a king, and it's interesting. I'm not going to read the whole thing. You go back and, and read it. But look at what Jesus says, that the king will one day say, And I think the king represents God here, so I'm just going to tell you that. But listen, this is what Jesus says the king will one day say. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. Those are all serving things, giving, generosity things. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. And then look at this, if you jump down a few verses later. I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Jesus is saying, listen, when you serve people, when you give yourself away for the sake of other people, guess what? You're actually doing it for the king. You're actually doing it for the one who created you and loves you. And, And you may not realize that. You may think you're just helping out your neighbor. You're just, you're just encouraging a friend or a classmate. You're sitting with the person at the lunch table that nobody else will sit with. Like you're, you're, help, you're writing to the prisoner that nobody else has, has thought about. You're, you're, you're doing something for the elderly person that's forgotten and lonely. Like, and Jesus says, but what you don't realize and what you need to know is that you're actually doing it for me. So the second reason why? So the first reason was we serve, we live differently, we do these things because we're so grateful to God who gave us everything we have. But the second one is we're actually serving him by serving other people. Like when we serve, when we give, when we love, we're actually doing it to him. I believe that followers of Jesus should be broken over the tragedy of hunger and disease and homelessness and injustice and poverty. Not just here in America, but around the world, in every country, every man, woman, and child. I believe it's our responsibility to do something about it. But listen, I want to be clear this morning that what keeps me going over all these years in ministry is, is not that I'm interested in creating a little bit better world. Like the Bible even tells me that the world's probably going to get worse. So why do I serve and give and love and try to impact other people? It's not because I want to create a world of well-fed, healthy, housed, prosperous people. 
who'll never find out that God loves them. Like, we ought to be concerned with social justice and fighting for the poor and, and, and racism, and we ought to be concerned with all of those things, the widow, the orphan. But listen, we can feed people's bellies. We can love them and serve them and leave their souls empty. Like, we can give people medicine and never show them how they're really healed. I want to feed people so that they know that there's a God who can really satisfy their hunger. I want to house people and make sure they have a safe place to live, not just so they have a safe place to live, but so they know that God has prepared an eternal home for them one day, and he loves them and he wants to invite them and welcome them into that. I want people to be healed of their disease and affliction so that they know that God wants to heal them forever. Listen, we can't ever connect the good works that our lives are supposed to produce from the good news that we're supposed to share. Good works have to be connected to good news. Listen, so when Jesus was um, doing ministry for only three years on the earth, it often says in the New Testament, in the four Gospels, it often says that Jesus would heal the sick, and then it would often pair it with this, and then he would preach the good news of the kingdom. Now, that's interesting. I want you to pay attention to that. If you go back and look at it, most places that it says that Jesus would heal the sick, it says, and then he would tell them the good news. So the question is, why did Jesus heal sick people? Like, that's a deep question. We're not going to get into all of it this morning. But why would Jesus often heal the afflicted? He would notice people that weren't noticed. Like his disciples would often say, you got an engagement to go to. But he would see the blind person, the lame person, the crippled person, the poor person, the children. And Jesus would stop and give them attention. And the disciples would be like, we got a place to go. We got things to do. And Jesus was like, you're overlooking the harvest. You're overlooking for the people who matter. And Jesus would stop and give them time. And it would often say he had compassion on those people. But it would always, almost always say, and he would tell them the good news of the kingdom. Why does that matter? You see, there's two reasons I believe Jesus did that. He would heal them to demonstrate his power. And then he would, here's the interesting thing. If, if he has the power to heal them physically then he has the power to forgive their sins and heal them spiritually. Listen, if Jesus can rise somebody from the dead physically, then he can raise somebody from the dead spiritually. If Jesus can be raised from the dead, then he can give you eternal life too, right? So I think Jesus healed people, not because he just wanted them to be physically well, but because he wanted them to know that he had the power to forgive them and save them forever. It, it's so interesting to me, when my, when my daughter Greta was about three years old, she thought that when you get hurt, you, you, you put a Band-Aid, these magic boxes of Band-Aids, you know, you just put a Band-Aid, especially if they had cartoon characters on them, they worked even better, that you just put that Band-Aid on the hurt and it just got better. Like, it, he, in fact, we would put the Band-Aid on and the tears would stop. Like, isn't it, is our, aren't Band-Aids magic? 
listen, here's the interesting thing. Good works, serving, loving, giving, your lives looking different next Sunday when you serve all over this community. It's good, but good works without good news. It's just a band-aid on a disease that is killing the world. If we're serving the world just to make it a better place, we're moving the deck chairs around on the Titanic. Are you with me? We don't need a band-aid on a broken world. We need a Jesus who can save them and heal them and change them because that's what he did for me. So we serve people. We ought to love. We ought to give our money away. We ought to give our lives away, our homes. Like, don't be selfish. That's not what Christians are supposed to be. That is the worst hypocritical thing you could ever do with your life is just live it for you. We ought to give ourselves away because God gave himself for us. So out of gratitude for him, we ought to give ourselves away because it's serving God, not just people. Like we live differently at work. We say different things. We treat our spouses differently. We treat our coworkers differently because we're actually serving God, not just man. But I believe the biggest reason that our lives ought to look different is that we serve to show people the love and the grace of the almighty God who loves them so much. I want you to look at this passage that Jesus shared, and I want to talk about it for just a minute. It's in Matthew chapter 5. You can just follow along. You may be familiar with this passage. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Now stop there for just a second before I read more. So Jesus in John 1 and in other places in the Bible is referred to as the light of the world. Did you know that? Just shake your head like this if you knew that. Just pretend you knew it. Yeah. Okay, Jesus is the light of the world. He's the light that came into the darkness to illuminate the darkness, to show us the truth. There's so much about that analogy that's so amazing that Jesus is the light. But Jesus looked at his followers one day and he said, you are the light of the world. Now that's interesting because they're probably sitting there going, no, like that's you. But he says, no, you know, you are the light of the world. Now, in this same passage, he told them he was, they would be the salt of the earth, too. But we're just going to talk about the light for a minute. Jesus said, you're the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that can't be hidden. Like, your light, the light from you, is like a city on a hilltop that can't be hidden. Look at verse 15. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in that house. Do you hear what he's saying here? The light that's supposed to be in your life as a follower of Jesus shouldn't be hidden. It should be put on a stand. It should be set on a hilltop. It should shine so that everybody can see. Why? Why? Why is the question today, right? What is the why? Look at verse 16. In the same way, this, in other words, this is what I'm talking about, people, is what Jesus is saying. It's just a nice way to say it. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see. You see that good works thing again? Let your lives, that you actually chose to do something unselfish, that you actually gave the money away, that actually treated the person you didn't pay them back when the rest of the world would have paid them back. 
Like the reason you live differently and love differently and give differently, look, is to shine out for all to see. And then here's, here's the answer. So that, you see this? You see this? So that, here's the answer to the question why. Why should we live differently? So that everyone, every man, every woman, Every child, your neighbor, my neighbor, <laughs> my brothers and sisters, mom and dad, my children, my coworker, my classmate, every person I see today when I go to lunch, when I dri- when it cuts me off on the interstate when I drive home. So that everyone will praise my heavenly father. Because he wants to be their heavenly father too. It's not about me. The rest of my life should be about them. Have you ever thought about the moon? Just look at the moon. It's beautiful, isn't it? Maybe we'll get to go there one day if Elon Musk and all those people can figure it out, right? (laughs) I don't know. It's probably, I'm old now. The moon's beautiful. You know, it's, it's romantic. You sit there, see the moonlight. It's a beautiful thing looking at the moon. And when it's full... It lights up the whole night sky. It's amazing. There's something about light. You want to know something? That moon, (laughs) it's just a big ball of dirt. Right? Are you with me? It's just a big rock. It's kind of a wasteland. It's not all that great. Have you ever seen pictures up close like this? It's desolate. I mean, we have had people go there. You seen pictures? You wouldn't want to live there. But when the light of the sun hits the face of the moon, it lights it up and it looks glorious. I mean, you look at it tonight or look at it when it's full and you stand there and go, Wow, the moon looks amazing. We always say it looks so bright tonight, or it's so beautiful. I try to take pictures of the moon. The pictures never turn out right. You ever tried that? It just never turns out. And you, you know, the moon is so, so big and so beautiful. But listen, apart from the sun, the moon is ugly. It's just a rock. It's just a big ball of dirt. Maybe, maybe when you see the moon next time, instead of saying what an awesome moon, we should say what an awesome sun because it sure does make the moon look good. In the Bible passage I just read to you, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. But the Bible's clear, Jesus is the light of the world. So why does he say we're the light of the world? Because when the world sees the light he reflects on us, all of a sudden it sees light from the Son of God. 
And it lights up the darkness. And people might look at you. And when you do good works, when you live differently, when you love differently, when you treat them differently, when you don't seek revenge, when you give yourself away and they say, oh, you're so good. And you know what we have to say? I'm really just a big ball of dirt. (laughs) I really am. But the one who lights me up is really good. I want people to see my life, and I want it to look different. I want it to look like Jesus, because it's been changed by Jesus. But I don't want them to ever look at me and say, oh, you're a good person, because that's not true. But I know the one who is. Let me read this last verse again. Matthew 5, 16 says this, in the same way, Let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So why do we serve? Why do we love? Why do we give and share and live differently and seek to look and live like Jesus? Because we've been changed by Jesus. And we want every man, woman, and child to know Jesus too and the hope we've found. You see, the challenge is this for me. I don't know about you, but the challenge for me is this. Like, serve days next Sunday. We'll go back to work or school or wherever you go. Tomorrow, you'll, you'll walk out of these doors in a minute. You'll walk back into life and see your neighbor and your friends and everybody else. Listen, serve day next Sunday when we're all going to do this, it's a great thing. It's wonderful. It, the, the, this church does that once a year is, is great. But it, listen, Don't think that you're making all that big of a difference serving on one day. And Matt didn't tell me to, Matt probably says, don't say that. But like, (laughs) it's great that you're doing that. You're not going to make all that big of a difference. Like I just went on a trip to Honduras with my daughter. And it was awesome. It was wonderful. We served a lot of people. We're just people who swoop in for a moment. Like what counts is the the way I live after I come back from Honduras. And what counts is is the way you live after you do serve day. Because the the real goal is for us to live our lives this way every day where we live, work, and play. Your neighbors need to see the light of Jesus. And Jesus said, you are the light of the world because you're the moon that's going to shine next door to them in the workplace where they work, in the school, at the lunch table, on your team. Like our lives should look strikingly different because we're reflecting the light of Jesus who's changed us. But here's the thing, the face of the moon, it can't shine at all if it's not facing the sun. Did you know that? Think about it for a second. If the moon isn't getting light from the sun, not facing the sun, and the sun isn't hitting the moon, the moon won't light up, and neither will you. Let me be honest for a minute. You will not really serve and give and love and look like Jesus if you're not looking to and listening to Jesus. You can try. You can pretend. But deep down, you're just going to be selfish. Like you might even do it some 
But it's with mixed motives. It's with mixed motives that say, I'm going to do it to make myself feel a little bit better. I'm going to do it because I want to be a good person. I want to pat myself on the back. I want God to be happy with me. I, won't. I mean, it's going to be with mixed motives. But there's something about when you sit at the feet of Jesus each day, when you listen to Jesus, when you look at Jesus daily, when you read his word, when you long for him, when you listen to what he says, when you're facing the Son of God, he lights you up and everybody can see it. And you begin to look like him. Because you've spent time with him, but you won't look like him if you don't spend time with him. You'll simply live for yourself. So if there's one thing I can tell you, if there's one thing that I think Brian Early would say to you today, just love Jesus. Just spend time with Jesus. Just listen to Jesus. Just read the word of God and see what he says about you and for you every day. I know that life is busy and noisy and crazy. It doesn't last that long, guys. Just sit at the feet of Jesus and he will light you up. And the whole world will look at you and say, oh, what a beautiful moon. And you'll say, oh, no. What a beautiful son. What a beautiful son. That's what our lives are supposed to be about. You're the light of the world. Now shine so they can see the light of the world. Can I pray for you? God, I had no idea what you really wanted me to say. God, I could have stood up here and just talked about the last 20 years and all the memories. But God, deep down in my heart, if this isn't about Jesus, then it's a waste of time. God, may my life look more like Jesus. May I be so enamored with you, Jesus. May I so, may you so have my attention and my affection that you light me up, that you set me on fire so that my neighbor, my kids, my mom and dad, my coworkers, everyone around me looks at me and they see you. Jesus, I just want them to see you. So as we walk out of this place today, God, would you light us up so that every man, woman, and child will find the hope that is in Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.